Here we go! Hey guys, welcome to episode 59 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Commodore 5, and my fellow hosts once challenged the champion of Lambolt for their crown, Big Tuck. Oh, I like it. We'll be talking about that. Laser! I also want to give a quick shout out to all the people out there. We're talking to our... And I realized that we can't really ruin anything in this intro because people have to click on the thing to start the episode. <laughs> so there's no need to be coy about it. So I want to talk a little bit about hello, advisors and advisees. Hashtag greasy. Just throwing it out there. Uh, Hashtag I'm greasy. I went to, I, I've had a pretty good week. I, uh, I went and got a new tattoo today, which is pretty rad. And uh, MTG slightly based, which we'll get into on the Twitterverse at some point. Uh, and then I had a date last night at our old pal Rock Creek Brewing. So God. that worked out. And so, so, oh, so I, it went well? I would assume it went terrible. <laughs> Why? Because their beer's Just too awful. good? Uh, no. no I'm, so I'm doing great. But Mr. Combo, I gotta say, man, you are you okay? Are you all right? Have you, you been sleeping? <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, I feel like you ask this every Thursday evening when we record. Facts. Um, uh, facts are I do sleep, <laughs> uh, but this week has been a hell week for me. I know that is a phrase usually used for secondary education for these things called fraternities and sororities. Oh, I for see. For me, it's, it's when a multi-billion dollar company puts out a multi-million dollar RFP Monday afternoon and wants it turned around in four days. Sure. So, Sounds very taxing. Uh, yeah, it, it's absolutely terrible. Um, but in non-stressful notes, I am knives deep in ghosts of tsushima on ps4 oh, yeah, i was just gonna ask have you get, have you been able to play more of it yes so i have um and all it, it so anyone who knows me I, I do like challenges with video games i don't just do it for the story i actually do it as well for the challenge so sure. i play on the second from the hardest mm -hmm. which by the way the hardest and i think i told you this big tuck but squeeze yes. wait or this person that i don't know who's yeah, here who, wait uh, i'm sorry whom Question mark? No one, because we're not ready for that bit yet. Yeah. Uh, the hardest on Ghost of Tsushima, one knife strike and you die. Right, which is like, nuts. It's like it's one, absolutely crazy. Wait, is it one or three? The one you're playing on is like three, right? Well, my health bar keeps getting up, so now okay. it takes it takes like five spear stabs and I'll I'll Got die. It. Okay, but when um, when I last saw you, you were at like three, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was yeah. quick okay. death. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, uh, other than it's very difficult to kind of learn the combat mechanisms in the beginning of the game, and so you die a lot. Right now, I'm further enough in to where I'm doing these really cool quests, like getting uh, armor and uh, equipment from these legendary samurais and ninjas from across, sure, yeah. you know, the, their history. And oh man, I'm you've you've gotten Bushido. <laughs> yes, it, it, it's actually one of the games now to where I'm so invested, I have to tell myself to stop. Yeah, I'm just going to keep playing. Uh, well, I was going to say about the last thing on the game thing. Like we talked about that before where it's like we are it's reflective of our personalities. IRL, how we play video games, because you're like, yeah. I go through and do everything that I possibly can yep. do between checkpoint one, checkpoint two. And I'm like, I just immediately I only do the things that are required and try to breeze <laughs> through it as fast as possible to move on to the next thing, uh, which is what a lot of people would say about a lot of aspects of my life. But anyways, beyond that, what's happening? How's your first week as an engaged person? I'm guessing you haven't noticed a single thing that's different because you live you've lived with your fiance. <laughs> for so long. Uh, 
that would be accurate. Uh, about the only thing that has changed is we had to take our ring in to get size down. Um, oh. So that way it wouldn't spin around so much and they had to send it off. And so now all she's been saying for the last four or five days, I'll be like, good morning, fiance. And she'll like flash her hand yeah. and be like, I don't see a ring on here. You gotta put a ring and on it's just it. like, <laughs> great, great. Wait, I hear um, something in the distance. What? Sounds like a creepy breathing. I know, right? Have you been hacked by Slenderman? Who is this? <laughs> this is Squee. I've been creeping in the, in oh, the corner thank over here, God. staring at you guys, just paying attention to the cast. Big fan of the show. It's just uh, Squee. I thought we were getting hacked by the Slenderman. <laughs> <laughs> the Slenderman. Ooh, that sounds like a weird Nick Cage movie. I it's. Slenderman's for I mean, sure. it is a movie. Yeah. Yeah, oh. it's not good. Yeah, no, it's bad. And sorry to derail you, Squee. Is it a movie? It no. is not. Uh, it's like a Nick, crappy Nick, horror Nick movie. Nick Cage had the wits to stay away from that. Which is shocking. Well, I call for a remake of the movie I've never so, seen already, just as long as Nick Cage is in it. So I watched this Nick Cage. I went on a movie bender this weekend, and I watched this movie called Next with Nick Cage in it, where he can like oh. see three minutes in the yeah, future. I actually like that movie. It's, well, first off, it's horrendous. Well, there's one scene, <laughs> and I'm going to act it out for you two who can see this, where he can, so he can like see three minutes in the future, so effectively he can dodge bullets, and some sniper <laughs> has him dialed in on the scope, and you hear like the bam and it cuts to him in the scope and he literally just goes like to dodge it it looks so bad so anyways i'm glad that we haven't been hacked by russia squee how's it going oh you don't know that yet i've been on the phone with russia all week what <laughs> you traitor traitor i gotta hack i gotta hack our view counts here we gotta make ourselves look good oh that's true it's, only, it's only, to number it's five that oh great we got point. ways to go you know now now that can now it could be a reverse bit because we're doing this out of order. <laughs> oh, but but all all the things aside, I'm doing pretty good. Just good. hanging out here at the house, sure, working, drinking beer, nothing much new. Story, the story. That man. sounds say. like the American dream. Yeah, well, working, I guess drinking beer. Say, and I hate this phrase. I just hate it. But I guess I'm living the dream. Then I thought you were gonna say it's oh. a good day to die hard. Yeah, living <laughs> the dream, synergy, all that corporate bullshit. Love it. Well, if you guys want to know more ways to support our dreams <laughs> and all the content we put Incredible. out, uh, you should have it our sponsor, level1gameshop.com, and they sell all the magic accessories, tabletop stuff that you need. Uh, they also do have an amazing TCG player store uh, with very great pricing. Um, and, of course, this is now coming out too late, so I won't even mention the cool Zendikar Rising bundle that we found out about because you guys won't be able to buy it. Uh, oh, is it not, but, are they not selling it anymore? Well, no, because... We record this a week in advance and pre-releases this weekend. Oh, I said I'm continuing. Exo factum. <laughs> Dargans. Dargans. Uh, but they do uh, provide us with the sweet giveaways each month, so you guys should definitely hook them up. If you guys would like to actually help us out financially, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have four different pledge levels and rewards vary from just getting access into the Discord to even getting your own sweet set of swag. But when you join, you get a shout out and we're going to do a better job and actually announce the, this nonsense <laughs> when people actually join. Matthew Hopkins. 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 Hop. Are you really are you related to Anthony Hopkins? Or are you related to Anthony Grainkins? <laughs> wow. God. Dad Get joke. Out 
friends. Um, <laughs> now, if you guys can't, uh, you know, join our monthly patron to kind of help contribute, but you do want to get some of that sweet swag that we give away for joining our patron uh, community, uh, head over to cmdtower.com slash merch. Uh, we do have everything on there from the squeeze coin to the big tuck monarch to even that sweet stitched thick play mat, which we've even we even sent some of those out to content creators that have uh, code on Bruise and Builds and MTG Action 4 News. And I've gotten a lot of messages from all of them being like, where did you get this? This is like the best mat I've ever felt. So definitely you guys should go get one. Uh, but if you guys can't help us out financially, just share the content you're watching and listening to because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. And of course, Pink Royal, never be royal. royal. Wow. What a what pull. A what a drop. Mr. Combo, you're getting out, you're getting out of control on these quick thinking on your feet, man. <laughs> I've even taken improv classes. Uh, I have not, but I do like to watch whose line is it anyway. Oh, oh great show. And of course, stay tuned until the end so you guys can get details on how you can win that Zendikar Rising fat pack from Level 1 Game. So Bruce and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path to 32, we have moved on to the endless themes that EDH can bring us. Each month will be a new theme, and we correlate how these decks are constructed similar to how a beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's rampant set in your board state. That's grains. Yes, and grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in about a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And then the next is going to be, how does your board actually interact with all of your opponents? We call that hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it actually wants. And then, of course, my favorite section, how does your deck actually close out win? Which, surprisingly, you think with this deck you know the win con, but then there's all these secret spicy ones. Indeed. Uh, we call this yeast. And yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol CO2 and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then we have some shenanigans. These can be pet cards, kind of fringe synergies that are in the deck uh, that you just kind of want in there, but maybe they don't really fit in one of the other three categories. And this deck has a lot of that. Uh, we call that spice. And not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout or the addition of hops that turn an IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we talk about it. And then to seal off the episode, we have a bottle capping. These are going to be Big Tux and I's cuts and recommendations to the deck that are under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no-budget recommendation. Only restriction is we can't talk about mana-only lands. So without further ado, let's get brewing. To conclude our month of tribal, we went a little bit different. Woo! Instead of just picking slivers, elves, <laughs> or goblins, we went for Azuri Calls for Order with his persistent partitioners. Yeah! Huge fan. This is, yeah, this this is my persistent partitioner deck with Azuri Claw of Progress. Um, so, Big Tuck, why don't you read off what Azuri is and does, and I'll kind of give how he became the head of sure. my partitioner deck. So, Azuri Claw of Progress is two colors and Simic that's green blue for a three three legendary creature elf warrior. It's a uh, sitting around eleven dollars, which is kind of nuts. Wow. Um, whenever a creature with power two or less enters the battlefield under your control, you get an experience counter. 
At the beginning of combat on your turn, put X 1-1 counters on another target creature you control, where X is the number of experience counters you have. Now, Mr. Combo, I gotta ask you, can you tell me what the power and toughness and also read off the card that there are 30 of in this deck? <laughs> sure. So Persistent Partitioners, guys, if you're not familiar, is a colorless blue creature human advisor. It's a 1-3, which is why Azuri is the commander. Um, and you can pay a colorless and tap. Target player puts the top card of their library into their graveyard. Well, that doesn't sound very good now, does it? Here's where it wrecks. Put, tap four untapped advisors. Doesn't even have to be partitioners, just advisors. Right. You control. Target player puts the top 12 cards of their library into their graveyard. A deck can have any number of cards named persistent partitioners. So when I saw this card come out, A, I wanted to have 30 foil copies, which I do. <laughs> Took forever to put together. Um, and then B, I was trying to figure out exactly what commander I would do. Sure. And I basically settled on Azuri because A, it filled my need for Simic. Mm -hmm. It's, even though I am a combo player, I didn't want to just build the same combo Simic deck that everyone else has. Right. So this kind of gave it a little different flavor. And... I kind of looked at it with Azuri to where all the petitioners are going to come in and I'm going to be getting experience counters. I don't, I think we've talked about experience counters uh, on bruising builds before. Uh, they're, they're impossible to get rid yeah. of. And <laughs> so, you know, no matter how many times you get rid of Azuri, as long as they have managed to cast him, he's going to come out and Hey, that's four counters, seven counters, sure. whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's an enter the battlefield effect as well, which will kind of feed into some yeast cards. So the deck to me though, is not one of my favorites to play. It feels like it plays very slow. Um, right. And a lot of turns, it's play a partitioner pass. Right. Play two partitioners pass. Play three partitioners, I now have no cards in hand. <laughs> um, so I'll be interested to see in the bottle capping how we are going to maybe make this deck a little bit more fun to play in the mm -hmm. mid game. Because right now it's like, it's cool early because as soon as you play that first partitioner, everyone's like, oh my oh, God, no. it's a partitioner. <laughs> and then it's fun late game if you actually have 12 partitioners right. and you just start milling people. But in that middle game, it's super struggle bus. Mm -hmm. uh, so have you ever heard of something called a flash bulb event? Uh, I've heard of a flash mob event. Well, so a flash, it's not, that's actually pretty good. Uh, and you can, there could be a mob of advisors, if you will, which makes it even better. So a flashbulb event is something like in our generation, 9-11, in previous generations would be like JFK getting assassinated, where people remember where they're at and what they're doing very distinctly. And I will tell you that I can tell you exactly what I was doing when you sent me the deck tech for this. I was driving home from the Zonarosa AMC, and you were like... How many, I'm building a new deck. It's in Simic. It has 30 creatures with the same name. And I was like baffled. I don't even think you gave me Simic, but I was like, <laughs> I have no idea where you're going with this. I think you sent me an image of the partitioners and that was it. And I was like, <laughs> like, I think I was reading because I was laughing so hard. So, um, two points on this deck. One, one of my favorites of yours. Good on you for doing something a little different and outside of your wheelhouse. Um, number two, well, actually three things. Number two, this falls, the reason why I think it falls into your not fun categories is very similar to things, themes that we have seen throughout your decks, which we'll get into in the bottle capping. And then third, we have set a new record of 38 hops in a deck, yep. which wow. is very interesting because I have in my hand here a uh, Rock Creek Brewing you know American what? IPA brewed with Sim Citra, Simcoe, and Idaho 7 hops. 
So uh, very fitting that we have the hot boy with the hot boys. Uh, yeah, bring in the Rock Creek Brewing. Uh, so anyways, that all being said, I did have a couple things of note. Number one, the CMC is 265, which is pretty good considering the backup cards you have in this deck. Um, mm-hmm. Very low. and I think it, help, it helps so that there's 30 uh, two drives. <laughs> uh, and then second, so that's my tip of the hat, if you will. And then I have a wag of the finger because if you look at this mana distribution, uh, it's interesting to say the least. Looks like you could use, you know, another quarter blue, which is ironic because you tried to advise me last week on my crappy Dargon. <laughs> Did it advise me? <laughs> crappy Dargon mana base. And you have two colors in this one. So, okay, so point to that. The reason, because I, I am slightly tilted to blue over green sure. in my actual mana access. The reason I don't go more into the blue is I actually need access to green for some of my backup wind cons. I need mm-hmm. it for my commander. I need it for all my ramp. And if I don't get the green mana, enough green mana that I need, I'm just kind of screwed. And then it's literally petition or pass yeah, instead right. of doing something sure. else. And second point, I just remembered when my world crashed and this deck actually went from top 12 decks I own, like that I want to play to the bottom. Oh, can I, wait I remember guess? specifically, uh, you, you know exactly when it was, but I, I am going to highlight the actual day Oh, this was your wallet. uh, This was your trade binder. This was your hopes and dreams. July 8th, 2019 is when my world crashed with this deck because I had Paradox Engine in there. A great day in magic history. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, is Paradox Engine in this deck was not a oppressive time stop card. It was purely, okay, because the advisors can have summoning sickness and still tap four of them to mill. So at that point, it's like, oh, cast, mill, they untap. And then I could do this rigmarole with another yeast card to where, in theory, I could win on the spot. Uh, But Sheldon and them had to ruin my life. So here we are. All right. Well, oh, and then, of course, we got to get back into the habit of this. The deck's coming in at a cool 700 to 900 bucks. Granted, uh, Gaia's Cradle is showing for $350 yeah, yeah. of that. So I think we'll uh, take also, that with a grain of salt. You also have to factor in that you have three, 30 copies of Petitioners at $3 a piece. So that's an additional, yeah. that's an additional what, $90 yeah. on top of it. So I you can, I think... There's not that super many expensive cards in here, so I think if you wanted to build something like this, you could do it at a more reasonable budget. Yep, I would completely agree. All right, without uh, further ado, let's get uh, brewing in here. Um, I'm going to start it off with the ramp and grain section. Which there uh, are so 11 of. <laughs> 11 of. Uh, I doubt you picked this one, though. So one of the things that I kind of alluded to it is to where I may have three petitioners in hand, And it's just like, cool, I could play them, but then I have no hand. I have nothing to do. So this card allows me to recycle cards from my hand on the top of the library and get other cards. Really? Three, two, one. Scroll Scroll Woo! Uh, It's two colorless artifact from Tempest. Okay. Uh, One, tap. Choose any number of cards in your hand and set those cards aside. Put an equal number of cards from the top of your library into your hand. Then put the cards set aside this way on top of your library in any order. $58. (laughs) So that's... So so what I was going to say is 
Scroll Rack is an amazing card. Yes. If you could afford to have it in every deck, great. The reason I, I'm calling it out is specifically for you have 30 of the same card <laughs> in your deck. Sometimes you don't want that card right then. Yes. So to be able to take four or five petitioners you may have in hand and get five legitimate cards <laughs> is huge. Yes, I, I, I agree with that 100%. And I think the other thing, too, which this deck doesn't play a lot into, is that if you do get stuck like that, you can always mill yourself, right? Where you're like, yep. you scroll. And so, like, I don't know if this ever happened, but I'm sure it's not that far off. Where you like, okay, I'm going to scroll rack. I'm going to put away three petitioners. Three petitioners. <laughs> so then you can always be like, okay, I can mill four, get them out, you know, maybe figure out some sort of rigmarole to get them back, which we'll be talking about later. Yeah. Um, so I, I do, it does make a lot of sense in this deck because you do have, you, even though it's at a somewhat disadvantage to you, you do have 30 sources of top deck manipulation in one yep. semblance or another. Uh, yeah, I, no, I'd agree with that. I wish this card wasn't $58, but I, I, is this a part of magic history? I think it is. No, it's not. It's only been, it's just been printed a handful of times, but it is on yep. this new, the list. Kill me now, Gavin Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, what's your second green card? Okay. So this is another card similar to the rack that we just talked about where it is absurdly expensive and should be less. It's also an artifact that I'm not sure we've talked about, or maybe we talked about last week. I have no idea. We should probably get better at this, but you can hear this card coming from a wise away. Oh my gosh. Ooh. Three, two, one. Terror It's three colorless for two an for artifact two. that's uncommon for $13. Mr. Grabba, <laughs> take it away. As it ETBs, choose a creature type, um, which in theory, you could pick humans. But oh. you're probably picking advisors. Yes, or you can always pick Homerids. Let's not forget. <laughs> that, that, is an op that is a legal Magic the Gathering option. Uh, creature spells you cast of the chosen type cost one less to cast. So basically, my petitioners now just cost blue. Which is nuts. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. If it's a creature card with the chosen type, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. And actually, kind of looking at the deck, I probably would actually pick human. I do have other humans in the deck. Oh, that's a good point. Um, yeah, so that would actually uh, be extremely helpful, you, but you, cer you certainly are. You're I, certainly I agree. Are this card should not be thirteen dollars. <laughs> this sh this should not be thirteen bucks. Right, way too expensive. I think I, I think the reason why is because, and we've talked about this. This has kind of been a recurring theme of the of the month, where there's just cards that you're like, oh yeah, this would be really good in a tribal deck, right? That you kind of have to have if you wanted to get to the point where it's. A little more sure. efficient. I think like Harold's Horn, Urza's Incubator, these sort of cards that we talked about, the reason why they are so expensive is because tribes are really popular in Commander, right? And if, yeah. you, if you look at this on if you look at this on the nose of it, I don't really think it's that great. Like I think it's fine. It's fine. It's like it's like card draw once and you're the more the percentage guy, but like in this deck it's much higher. But if you're running a normal tribal deck with like 25 creatures and only 20 of them share the same tribe. You're drawing a card. What? Like 30% of the, like less than 30% of the time, maybe probably. So yeah, it's a weird one. I really, this, this to me should be like a $5 uncommon. Um, I mean, if it was, it, look, if it was 10 or less, 
fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that we're like at 13 and it's probably only going to go up in price right. unless this gets printed in Commander Legends, which maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who's to say? Who's to say? So, yeah, uh, I think you hit everything on the head. It's, it's a great card for this deck because, once again, when you have 30 of le- legitimately the exact same thing, Anything that can deal with that thing, you're just getting the multiplied effect right. of. So. Yeah, completely agree with that. All right. Uh, well, my last one is a repeatable draw effect. Uh-oh. Because it gets shuffled back into the library. Oh, phew. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> Have God. Have we ever done three for three? <laughs> I don't think so. It's usually um, the most is two. I, think, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't think so off memory. I think the only the only time we've done the max out is when we had a guest on, and there's been times where all three of us guessed the same two, but we've never got three yes. for three, which we are not right now. Go right ahead. Blue Sun Zenith. Yeah. So X triple blue. It's an instant rare. Uh, target player draws X cards. Shuffle Blue Sun Zenith into its owner's library. The o- origin query will wait. We must ensure we survive to return to it. PDU Veldeken Ordinaire? Yeah. Ordinar? O- yeah, Ordin- all right. Ordin R, I think you're right. Yeah. Well done. Look at Ordin that. Ordin not going to work here. Ah, Bam. Yeah. Yes. So uh, the reason I'm highlighting this card is it actually does a few different things in the deck. One thing, it can get me out of situations to where, all right, I got three partitioners in hand and I got six mana. I could spend it or I could just pretend like I have interaction and then draw three cards and it gets shuffled back in. Um, It's another great card because I do have some wind cons that are spicy that deal with not having cards in my deck. Mm -hmm. So this can kind of help me accomplish that if it's late late enough in the game and I milled myself. Um, It just does a lot. And... Something that is interesting tech that would be more of a yeast card. If I've milled someone enough, oh. but maybe they have that Kozilek or something that, hey, if I mill Kozilek, it's just going to get all shuffled back in. If I have enough, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to do it. And then, okay, how many cards do you have left in your deck? Okay, Blue Sun Zenith, draw out your deck. Now Kozilek's in your hand, and I can go ahead and you'll oh, just die like and keep. So it, it does some sure. different spicy things within the deck, but I primarily use it just as a draw. Engine. Yeah. And again, like you're going to be, there's, there's a way where you can kind of start churning through your own deck as well. Like we talked about. So this going back into the deck as opposed to into the graveyard really makes it worth it. And it's also almost, it's like two and change, which is probably, yeah. probably about right because there's so many decks that can abuse it. So anyways, well, the, the crazy thing, though, is we're talking about a $2.39 card where it's like so many decks can abuse it. And we're like, I don't know. I mean, I guess we're fine at that price. <laughs> Yet cards like Harold's Horn is $13. Like, yeah, I think probably more people run Blue Sun Zenith than they do Harold's Horn. Yeah, and, um, and to your point, like Blue Sun Zenith plays into like a million infinite combo decks, two of which we've yeah. talked about on this very podcast. That's right. Um, and the last thing I just thought of, I've never done this. I need to. It works very well with scroll rack to where if maybe if you've scroll racked oh, and it's sure. like, God, I just have petitioners. Go ahead and cash your blue sun, draw all those petitioners, and then you can just pay one cycle amount and get to more cards. Right, right, right. So, yeah. All out. right. Well, what is your remaining grain? So I don't know. I am not sure if we've talked about this before, but I think this is like a 
more budget-friendly and arguably better Marari's Wake, depending on the deck. So we were talking about Zendikar Resurgent. So five colorless green-green for an enchantment. Uh, it's a rare, about $4. Whenever you tap a land for mana, add one mana to your mana pool of any type that land can produce. Um, but more importantly, whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card. And, I th yes. and that's why I think that I prefer Zendikar Resurgent for two reasons. Number one, well... The, pro the reason why it's cheaper is because it's almost double the cost of Marauder's Wake. Yeah. But I think in decks that need Zendikar, that need that extra mana, the draw card ability is going to be a lot more relevant than plus one, plus one, right? So especially in this in this deck, if you can get this out early, your petitioners are going to come down more, more quickly, more often, and cheaper, and then you can just keep drawing into them and maybe push yourself even closer to that end thing that we'll may or may not get into. So, yeah, so I agree with you on the Marauder's Wake to Zendikar Resurgent, but I think this is just the different philosophies in Magic. Yes. Zendikar Resurgent is your battle cruiser deck. I agree with Slow that. play, yep. big mana. Um, you know, yeah, I actually think the draw card is better than the plus one, plus yep. one, which is probably why it costs two more than Marari's Wake. Right. But Marari's Wake is for that more streamlined. I'm trying to pop off as quick as I can. Uh, and, and that sounds kind of weird considering Marari's Wake, is, that's usually in like creature decks because of the plus <laughs> yeah. one, plus one. Usually creature decks aren't trying to like pop off with big dudes, but that's kind of what Marari's Wake leans mm -hmm. to. It's two less mana. Maybe I can get it out turn three yeah. if I ramp correctly. And then I'm just off to then the races. Yeah. Uh, but I... But I do agree. If I'm playing a mid-late to long game, I would rather have a Zendikar Resurgent than a Marari's Wake. Totally agree. And I think most people, I think a lot of people, if you're playing like a color like Selesnia, where you need the creature ramp and you need the draw mm -hmm. cards, you'll just run both of them. But I, yeah. I don't know if we talked about Zendikar Resurgent, so I just wanted to bring it out while we could. Cool. Well, that's going to wrap up the greens. Now we're going to head over to the hot profile. Big Tuck, we got... 38 options. Yeah, we do. <laughs> In reality, we have eight. So let's let's get this out of the way. So what I'm talking about is an enchantment. Like there's other ones in the Hops package. And this one has two blue. We are talking about memory erosion. So colorless blue yeah. blue enchantment. It's a rare coming in for $2.31. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, which is critical, that player puts the top two cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. It would now be their library, their graveyard. Um, actually, I'll just say that player mills too. Uh, the filigree... Oh, no. What have I done? The filigree <laughs> texts do not compel you to act in accordance with their... Precepts. Precepts, yeah. They only specify the consequences should you fail. Lotus of the Ether Swarm. Uh, so... This is one of my favorite mill cards that's ever been printed because again, really? oh, it's, I love it because again, it's like, it's, it comes down and everyone's like, okay, whatever. I don't care. Two cards, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. So you're going to at least get a cycle through at least. And normally this is for me when I played it, it just kind of sits there. And then eventually people start realizing like, wait a minute. I've built like 18 cards off this one card that's been sitting here since like turn two. <laughs> And it's oh, you mean like Alter the Brood? Which is shockingly not in here, question mark? <laughs> Record scratch? <laughs> um, so the other thing I like about it, too, is that it's an opponent, right? So you're never going to be targeted for it. Um, and, and for 
No one, this, so we've talked about before how there's certain cards that are going to discourage people from actually casting spells or like playing the game. And I think this one, the barrier for entry of it is so low, they're just going to lose value every single turn. They're always going to be waiting yeah. for another thing to blow up, potentially, unless sure. you're Sir Nathan, who blows this up every time I cast it immediately and tricks everyone else into it. And that's why I like this. Three mana, you're going to get the value out of it for sure. Yeah, so I, I think he said a lot of great things. Obviously, it's in here because it's a mill card. Sure. I'm going to be honest, though. I was half... I, I, I'm not, but I was planning on cutting it. Really? And maybe even classifying it as a spice. Interesting. Because, I, to me, the opponent casts a spell. There's some games where literally we're in our pod and people are playing one spell a turn. Like, our, our play group, at least, isn't necessarily the one to where it's like, oh... Duff is playing with us. He's good for four to five spells a turn. Because um, that's what I think you need to get yes. the value of this. And I think that's very key to when people talk about how milling out your opponents is not a viable strategy in EDH because of the fact there's a hundred cards sure, and right. there's three of them. And this thing doing two, it's like, okay. But I, I just, at a principle, cannot take it out because it's a mill card. It's so, um, it's so efficient. Um, also, I always forget that everyone playing in the Kansas City group are a bunch of hashtag cowards. What do you mean? You're the king coward. You never play with us anymore. <laughs> Thanks to do on Sundays. Thank you. But also hashtag blasted. Uh, I'm glad you're keeping it in. It's one of my faves. Past priority. So uh, my entire hop section, just to kind of put it out there, is all interaction based because mm -hmm. we could talk about mill cards, but you know what they do. Uh, so the first one I want to talk about is a counter spell that I think I first saw get played on game nights. I had never seen it before, and it's only 46 cents. And it's Simic. Simic to cast. Three, two, one. Plasm Capture! Plasm Capture! Uh, forest, Forest, Blue, Blue, Instant Rare. Uh, everything serves a purpose, even you. Voro of the Horclade, which we haven't seen any of those decks, which I used to see rampant in Chicago. Whole, whole, whole Clod. Clade. Whole Clade. Clade. Voro of the Whole Clade. It sounded like you said the Horcade. Yeah, I heard Horcade also. <laughs> Man, let me tell you guys. Uh, it's an instant counter-target spell. At the beginning of your next pre-combat main phase, add X mana and any combination of colors to your mana pool where X is that spell's converted mana cost. So it's kind of like a four-cost mana drain. Yeah, but I do like it that you get any combination of colors. Mm -hmm. um, that's really helpful. And... I really like it for this deck because, you know, we kind of talked about how my color distribution's a little bit off, right. but sometimes I do need access to the green. And me leaving up two green, two blue, people may just think regular counter spell. Um, you know, I'm going to try to downplay it enough to where it's late enough. Okay, I cast my Zendikar Resurgent. Mm. Ah, I'm going to take seven mana. Completely agree. And on top of that, this is, I think whether conscious building decision or not, I think you've done a really good job of like limiting the amount of counter spells that you have in the deck. So you're not just like, boom, counter, boom, counter, boom, counter, boom, counter. Uh, like people are like, oh, what's he gonna do with that two open mana? I don't know, probably play a partitioner. Here we go, right? Like, or like, what's he gonna yeah. do with four mana? Nothing, he, he can't do any, he can't do a lot of interaction. <laughs> so play around it, right? Especially after, especially on the heels after you playing 16 partitioners in a row. 
So you know what's kind of funny? The more we talk about this deck, the more it kind of reminds me from an opponent's viewpoint of my Brutoclad deck, mm -hmm. to where it's other turns and people are like, I mean, what's he really going to do? Right. He probably just wants to activate a couple partitioners. Or in Brutoclad, it's like, what's he going to do? He's playing a permanent tribal deck. Yes. Um, so that, that's kind of interesting that the, a couple of the decks that I've tried to go outside the box with it's very non-interactive for my opponents caring what I'm doing right. on their turns. And, and like, and again, you're like, okay, partitioner, partitioner, partitioner. But until like I, the times I've played against this deck, as soon as someone gets hit for 13, then it's like World War Three. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> off. The gloves are coming off. Now we have a problem. Now we got to fix it. Yeah, people get very butthurt when I uh, mill them for 12. Facts. So. All right, well, what is your last hop card? All right, so this one is another enchantment dealing with Mill. And I like this one because I like to study under the tutelage of Randy Tutelage. We're talking about our old pal Sphinx Tutelage. Sphinx's Tutelage. So two color and a blue for an enchantment. That's an uncommon coming in just under $2. Whenever you draw a card, target opponent puts the top two cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard, a.k.a. Mill if they're both in, if they're both non-land cards that share a color, repeat this process. Five colorless and a blue draw a card, then discard a card, I guess. And lastly, you've never considered the implications of dealing with another telepath, Jace. I am a stand for this card. Do you have a lot of ways to draw cards in this deck? No. However, I still think this card's awesome. So there will be someone at the table who's playing a one or two color deck that is going to feel the wrath of this card. I've seen it every time it gets cast. It's just a matter of time until you pull it out. And again, for me, it's kind of like the it's similar to memory erosion. It's kind of that incidental you know, drips and drabs, if you will, of mill, where this is going to, the minute you cast this, because you're not playing Nekuzar or some other insane, yeah. tr like, draw tribal spell or uh, deck, this is something that you're going to sit and you're going to see it work over and over and over again. Two cards here, four cards there, three cards there, just by playing the game of Magic, right? And if you're yeah. in a huge pinch, which I can't imagine you've ever been in, and... I run this in more decks than you. I'm not sure I've ever even activated the second ability <laughs> or, or even better remembered it's on the card. <laughs> Just the fact that it's three mana for that incidental mill is why I think it really has a home in this deck. Yeah, I, I, I like it. Um, I think the reason I'm a little bit higher on this than Memory Erosion is because I believe Sphinx's Tutelage will probably mill more cards per instance than Sphinx's Tutelage will. So, um, you know, I think in our play group, I see more probably three, two to one color decks. Mm -hmm. Not not a whole lot of people play the four and the five color like you and I do. Um, so, yeah, I think in our play group, Sphinx's Tutelage does a lot of work. Right. I just wish it said target player puts the top two cards, because then if I wanted to mill myself, oh, that'd yeah. be kind of nice. Oh, that would be incredible. But, what, what can you do? What can you do? Yeah. All right. Well, I got two left. Um like I said, all interaction. So the first one is actually the card that I put in the deck to replace Paradox Engine. It's not Paradox Engine level good. Uh, Mystic Confluence. Oh, it's really good, though. So three colorless, blue, blue, instant. Uh, and I believe this is a judge promo for like 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. Very cheap. Um, choose three, and you may choose the same mode more than once. Counter target spell, unless this controller pays three. Return target creature to its owner's hand draw a card i actually put this more in for the counter spell effect 
but being able to draw cards off of it if literally nothing's happening or even worst case scenario someone casts some potential game ending spell that can't be countered it's like well i guess i'll draw some cards or maybe bounce some creatures yes. uh, it gives me a lot of modality um that i really enjoy uh and i will say this when it when it first i would say three to four years ago it was like 15 dollars and oh, I was about to say, I thought it was a lot it more was expensive. A lot. And oh, the, how the mighty have fallen. It is now $2, which is amazing. Yes, uh, yeah. I agree completely. Um, the the counter target spell, unless its opponents pay X, Y, and Z, by and large is not great in Commander, right? Because it's a lot yeah. of mana. So like your mana drains, your um, dazes don't quite have the impact they do in different formats. However, the fact that A, you can stack it up, and B, the fact that you will always be able to get something out of it. There's gonna, there's never gonna be a chance where someone's gonna, or very rarely, there's gonna be a chance where someone can pay six, pay nine, yeah, ex- or, or nine, absolutely, right? Like no chance. Like you're always gonna be able to bounce something and draw a card, right? Or whatever yeah. the case may be. We've talked about on this podcast over and over and over again how much we like modality and how important that is to the game. So completely agree. Great counter spell. Great. And like the best is if you can, and I don't know if you've ever been able to do this. Have you ever been able to do all three in one go? Um, I actually don't think I've ever casted it in the last <laughs> year and change that it's been in the deck. So Easy enough. <laughs> all right. And my last one um, is actually my favorite counter spell card in magic period. I like it more than force of will. I like it more uh, than mana drain disallow. Mm-hmm. I love this card. That's sitting still at $5. Colorless, blue, blue, instant, rare, counter target spell, activated ability or triggered ability. How easily your flames are quenched. Brawl, chief of compliance. Um, I love this because basically it's counter spell and the colorless mana buys you the ability to do activated and triggered abilities. Right. And that can be the difference that saves your life. Yep. Some people will have an Aetherflux Reservoir and be like, you know what? I'm going to pay 50 life and deal 50 damage to you. And it's like, what are you going to do? A lot of people forget that Disallow exists. And it's like, Disallow, right. you just paid 50 life for nothing. Yep. Bye. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, like the, the modality of this, the ability of it, the fact that if it said, if this card said, and I think the reason why it is $5 is because it, if it said counter non-creature or non-permanent, sure. you know permanent, I don't know, whatever, that's why it's good. Because there's like people still, for some reason, play like cancel, which is just three. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's insanity. So the fact that this will ding them, and there's so many commanders that live and die off this where if you can just save yourself from one activation of it you could steal the game yep. away from the other person so yeah 100 percent, or stop their combo that they're yeah. about to do think, think think of like when mikel used to do his brago combo with stryonic resonator it's like oh brago brago on the stack before you can even start it disallow yep. saved us i don't like and i think this one i know i think this is played in other formats like as a one of and i think that's why it's expensive um similar but i think it's similar in tune to a card that got printed originally in the same set um heroic intervention it's just so good it's always going to be like a five dollar card yeah that's fair all right well i think that's going to wrap up the hot profile now we're going to head over to the yeast package and i'll start this off we got seven options have to imagine we're going to align uh so this card 
is kind of like a paradox engine, but stuff has to come into play for it to work. So we're talking about intruder alarm. Oh yeah. Two colorless blue enchantment. Uh, creatures don't untap during their controllers untap steps. Whenever a creature comes into play, untap all creatures. One footstep among many is silent. One footstep alone is deafening. So the reason this is in my yeast package is because, well, once again, my petitioners just have to tap four of with summoning sickness right. or without, and they're milling people for 12. Um, and my goal is to play more petitioners and keep <laughs> doing it. But here's the kind of cool thing to where I'm putting the choice and the modality in my opponent's hands. Say I have eight petitioners on the battlefield. I just milled Big Tuck for 24. Moves to his untap phase. He doesn't untap his creatures, but he's probably playing some sort of combat-centric deck because those are the kind of decks he likes to play. He likes to live in the red zone. Yeah. And he now has to make a decision. Does he want to be able to possibly swing, but then give me the option to maybe mill him again for 24? Or is he just going to say pass the turn and hopefully someone else has an enchantment removal spell and he doesn't advance his board state at all? Mm -hmm. um, it is an amazing card for yeah. this deck because it really puts your opponents in a bind. Completely agree. So uh, one thing I like about this card in this deck is that it's a little sweaty in the fact that normally when you see an intruder alarm, it's some part of some rig and roll infinite combo. But in this deck, it makes perfect sense because there's a really good chance that you're going to be able to cast your petitioners for a blue and at, at worst case, two blue, right? Where it's just kind of nuts. Um, you don't really need to untap them. Oh, yeah. And I think that's why this really works in here. I know you were really excited to put this in here um, because I think you and I had talked a while ago before you built this deck about how much you like this card and how interesting you think it is, but you just couldn't figure out where it goes. I think this is the perfect deck for it, right? Where it's like, this is not some sort of insane combo deck. It's not some sort of insane mid-range or early win deck. This is, yeah. this is a card where you're just going to get the value out of it the second you cast it. Because you're, guess what? Yep. You have the ability to get more petitioners in hand and cast them and go off to the races. 100%. And it actually kind of ties into a pseudo win con that uh, we probably will be talking about the card. All right. uh, so, Big Tuck, why, why don't you start us off? What is your first yeast card? So, you put this uh, on me. You put this curse on me from the beginning of the episode. And we're going to talk about a human warrior that is, in my opinion, kind of underplayed. So this card, I think, is deceptively good, and more people should run it. So we were talking about Champion of Lambhold. So colorless green green for a 1-1 human warrior, which is weird because if you look at the artwork, it looks deceptively elfish. Oh, it's totally an elf. Which is stupid because this is from Innistrad, so there's no elves yeah. on Innistrad, which is nuts. It's a human warrior. So creatures with power less than champion of Lampold's power can't block creatures you control. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a 1-1 counter on champion of Lampold. So two things. Number one, I have seen the very sad day where eventually you've cast enough partitioners and had enough experience counters where you move them onto a partitioner and just swing it in with like a 15-15 partitioner. I've seen it and it's very strange, but it makes sense. So I think this <laughs> champion of Lampole is like the perfect yeast card in this deck because it feeds into the themes of your deck of like milling people away from the resources, right? having this big white board coming out whenever. And normally people say you need to cast champion of Lampholt early to get the value. 
But that no, sir. Right, exactly, and I think that's why it's great because the fact that your creatures cost two as opposed to like let's say relentless last rats that cost three or whatever. So the the reason the reason comparative to other tribals where they're running out a lot of the same cards in these yeah. colors, the fact that you can do this even late game, like it's not hard for you to play this turn five and then the next turn play six partitioners right shape of the lamb holds humongous and then that swings into the red zone and you can leave all your partitioners out two mil away well, you've kind of even missed the bigger piece of Champion and Lambolt where you can play it at any point in the game. Right. My commander. Oh, Beginning of combat, I move all I put all the plus one plus one counters on Champion and Lambolt, and boom, now uh no one can block any of my creatures because it's a 13-13 or whatever. Right. And Champion and Lambolt comes in as a one-one, so that even feeds the plus one uh the uh, experience counters yes. for Zuri. But yeah, you, you hit everything on the head. I mean, look, it's not intimidating to be swung at with 21 threes or 15 <laughs> threes. I get it. Uh, but throughout the game, I'm going to be drips and drabbing. And, and this is kind of the way, you know, sometimes people with plus one, plus one counter decks, um, they want to go tall. So it's like, I'm trying to consolidate my counters onto one creature. Cause maybe it has flying or it has trample. And I want to make this one guy right. just as beefy as possible. The way that I actually play the petitioners with whether it's Azuri or other abilities is I actually spread the kind of counters around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that way they all can be collectively three, four, five, six ish. So it's more of this, uh, what do we call it? Fluffy. It's more of that fluffy right, power right, right. size <laughs> opposed to going tall or going wide. Exactly. And so, you know, then Champion of Lampold's an 18 18. Well, that sucks because you're going to take 18, but then you're going to get smashed with probably five or six two, three, four power petitioners, which is probably going to knock you out of the game. Exactly. So again, it's, I think it's a, one of the most underplayed cards in commander, um, especially cause it's two bucks. So gotta, gotta shout it there out. You go. I can. All right. I'm talking about it. It has ripple. Yep. Three, two, one. Throw it. So five colorless legendary <laughs> artifact. It's a, Rare? Technically, it's rare. Maybe? I forgot <laughs> it was rare? legendary. Okay. Uh, I might have to read the ripple. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Spells you control have ripple four. Whenever you play a spell, you may reveal the top four cards of your library. You may play any revealed cards of the same name as the spell without paying their mana cost. Put the rest on the bottom of your library. $35. Yeah. No reprints. And because people are idiots and I hate them, look at you, comma, Tice. Look at you, comma, Marketing Ross. Look at you, I think, comma, Will. People get obsessed with these insane, like, well, let's be honest here. People like playing rats and they have to have this in the deck. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And so typically when I land this card, if I have a partitioner in hand, I usually, I, I can win yes. the game. But here's the issue. This is where the Paradox Engine came in because you can cast them and then they untap so then I can constantly do it. So this actually with Intruder Alarm though, does win yes, the game. So right. that is a, I guess, three card combo. Now you could say, well, you could whiff, but let's be honest. At that point in the game, I probably have 20 partitioners left in the deck. There's probably, let's just say 80 cards in the deck. That means 20% of my deck or 25% of my deck is partitioners. 
and it's and you probably also so have the likelihood to your point you probably also have multiple petitioners in hand so you're like okay i guess i yeah. whiff on that one here we go again <laughs> right yep exactly um but yeah having this with intruder alarm it just works out so well because you get to respond to each of the ripple effects where it's like, oh, I'll tap four million for 12. This one finally comes down. Oh, tap, you know, million for uh, 12. And then you just kind of keep doing this rigmarole and you can win the game on the spot, which this deck yeah, games need to end. Yes. And I think it's a pretty cool way to lose to thrumming stone intruder alarm and 30 protections. And I, I will say, even if you don't win the game, cause you can stop whenever you want, right? Like you can stop yeah. casting. So I like the fact, and I think this is this is something that this deck has over rats, for example, where you, if you have enough advisors um, and enough partitioners, they can all still tap the second they come in, right? So yep. you can almost like not this. This can be a I win or hey, you person who have been targeting me the entire game, you're gonna lose because I can do it right now. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a classic. Thirty five dollars. Let's go to it. It's good. Okay, well, Big Tuck, I think you got one left. What is yours? So I think this is the greasiest card in the deck. And it's one that we all know very well, and it's been a while since we've talked to it. And I want to give a special shout out to a friend of the show, Tice. Here we are. Oh, God. Hello. Grafted Exoskeleton. Yes, classic in, uh, well, actually in a normal Azuri deck, that's probably pretty good. Uh, but no, we are talking about a roll pal trying for the horde. So two colorless green green until end of turn. It's sorcery uncommon. Until end of turn, creatures you control get plus one, plus one, gain trample. And in fact, creatures with infect deal damage to creatures in the form of minus one, minus one, minus one counters. And to players in the form of poison counters. And I'm an idiot because I gave away more than probably four of these. And it is now $10. And guess what? Comma, ding-dongs out in the collective who got one of these from me, at least. This is never going to be reprinted. So, hello. On the yeah, off, I got two of those from you. Thank you very much. Damn it! On the off chance that you actually have to swing in with your petitioners, eventually you're gonna have big enough where this is gonna matter. I don't have a whole lot else to say besides the fact that it's the best. It's one of the best cards ever printed in green, and uh, that's it. <laughs> Well, and it kind of it's also pairs very well with your other right. use card, Champion of Lambolt, because if you make Champion of Lambolt huge, a Champion alone will kill, kill someone, someone right. with Infect. But then all the other petitioners, even if they don't have plus one counters on them, hey, they're all two fours now, and they can't be blocked. So it's like, okay, I send five to you, five to you, I win. Completely so, agree. So Triumph is great. Great. I yeah, can't believe it's $10 now. Like, so good. But it's like, it's so stupid because it's like, it's an uncommon that it's getting to the point of like, I don't, I own a lot of these and I'm going to look it up just to make myself feel good. But now it's at the point where it's like, I don't want to buy anymore. I'm just going to proxy if I need them, which is a terrible habit. Play test. Play test is needed. Thank you very much. So anyways, mm. I, I had to bring it up. It's been too long since we talked about it or crafted exoskeleton, um, but I will pass the turn after that. You got one more in you. What do you got? I got one more, uh, and it's it it sounds interesting that it's in the yeast package, but it's in here similar for intruder alarm. Uh, we're talking about seedborn mutes. Oh yeah. So three colorless green green creature spirit untap all permanents you control during each other player's untap step, and it's a two four. Um, and this is the OG copy. Uh, it's still only nine dollars. Uh, I thought that would be a little bit pricier. I guess the reprints have driven it a down. Uh, but the reason it's in here is. Once again, I have to be able to tap my petitioners to mill people out. 
typically the way my games go is I have my petitioners and I just keep them there as blockers. Person previous to me goes to end step, then I mill someone for right. 12. And that feels fine. I mean, they got to do their thing, but it would feel better if I could mill someone for 12 during each turn mm -hmm. for each group of four. And that's what Seedborne News really allows me to do. Because the interesting thing, and I'm surprised you didn't call it out, I only have one mana rock in this deck. <laughs> What? Which usually that's why you really like oh, a people who get capture land. You <laughs> your least, yeah. your least favorite you one. <laughs> you you untap your lands and your artifacts, right. and you're off to the races, being able to do stuff. But really, for me, it's just going to be lands. So I'm going to be untapping four to seven lands when this hits. That's not amazing. So it's really for that petitioner right. piece, but it does feed into other things, you know. Uh, say if I scroll racked, mm -hmm. still didn't get something I wanted, and maybe I went ahead and Kadamas Reach, shuffle the library, right. we could scroll rack again. It does give you some flexibility, but yeah, I like it there because now I can mill during everyone's turn and still. I block. will say something that's also surprising is you didn't go into the uh, command zone. <gasps> Coming for you, Jimmy. And put some sort of Vildalkin Orrery and or Leyline of Anticipation, a much better card, I will add, uh, into the deck. So, but maybe you're thinking about it in the, uh, in the bottle cabin. No, actually, I'm not. Okay, fair enough. Um, and, and, the, and the only reason is, is because with having 30 petitioners, it kind of limits me on what I'm allowed to cut. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, I guess I could just keep, I guess I could just start cutting Petitioners, but then that kind of takes away from the yes. deck. And all the other cards are so specific that any kind of change, it's like you lose mm -hmm. a entire strategy out of it. So yeah. um, that's that's probably the reason why I didn't put it in to begin with, and I wouldn't put one in now. Uh, but maybe I'll be surprised in the bottle Ooh. capping. Well, that's going to wrap up the East package. Now we're going to over to the Spice. This one, we actually do have eight, and we each only pick one, so there's no way we're picking the same ones, right? You would think so. Right, Big Tuck? I, I don't know. I the one I, the one I saw in here was one I wanted to go with immediately, so maybe that'll change it. And it's my play, well, start right? Start us off. It's going to be yep. it's a sweaty it's a sweaty card, which is why I like it so much, because you really have to work for it. It's an enchantment. Yeah, okay, great. Um, so for those behind who are wondering behind the scenes, because we have matched so much over the last three to four weeks, me and Mr. Combo have developed an intricate hand signal methodology <laughs> to let each other know uh, if we're on the same boat or not. But we are talking about one of my favorite cards of Magic because it is so sweaty, Simic Ascendancy. So colorless are... <laughs> Great start, Big Tuck. Uh, green and blue. You love this card so, so much, weird. you just know it off the top of your green head. Green and blue for a rare enchantment out of Ravnica Allegiance. Uh, it's less than a dollar. So colorless, blue, green. Put a 1-1 counter on target creature you control. Fine. Whenever one or more 1-1 one -one counters are put onto a creature you control, put that many growth counters on Simic Ascendancy. At the beginning of your upkeep, if it has 20 or more growth counters on it, you win the game. So this is a recent card and a recent addition, which I'm very proud of you of, because there have been times I've seen you play this deck where, you're, where you literally go, okay, Azuri's out, I cast a Petitioner, I'm going to move a bunch of counters onto a petitioner, and that's it. <laughs> so I like the fact that you are playing, because we've talked about off mic how advisors are kind of a weird tribe that can fit into a bunch of different color combinations. So I think yeah. this card is really indicative of you like making a point to stay in Cynic, to stay in these colors, and make sure that they work 
as a coherent deck. So I think it's a really great card. I love sweaty alternative condition win conditions, and this is one of the best ones in the game. Yeah, so here's kind of my thought, and my spice package is very, very much tied to Azuri. Yes. Oh, great I feel for, for, for the, you guys know this. The way I like to build decks is top down. I like my commander to be involved to some extent, not just be, well, you got me access to the colors. Mm -hmm. So I wanted ways that Azuri could really play in, but because of the fact that usually people with spot removal Azuri pretty darn quick. They don't let me get it. You, you can't really make that part of your core. I'm going to win the game strategy. It, it, so the core win the game is mill, but I wanted these other alternative win cons and Simic ascendancy. I mean, it's, it doesn't take long. Not, it doesn't take much with Azuri. I and mean, do you that also mean that they three combat phases? They spot, they, they spot removal Azuri pretty dark on quick. And I do like the fact that it's only two mana to cast. Uh, I think if it was any more than that, it would be like, okay, this it's too hard to do this thing. It's not there's really too, worth there's it. There's too many loops. There's two mana. Yeah. Very easy. easy. It comes down early. And I think I think people like a lot of these cards that just say you win the game. When they come down, they're like, I'm not even worried about it, right? And then they might yeah. not notice it's at 14 or 15 counters until it's too late. So I, I, it's a great card, great addition. Love it. What do you got? What do you got for the spice? All right. I got an infinite combo, baby. You know, I had to talk about mm -hmm. it. Uh, once again, it uh, leverages Azuri and his counters. It's a very common infinite combo, I believe, in Azuri Claw of Progress it's a, decks. It's a, what I would refer to as a greasy infinite combo because it takes very little effort yeah. to get there. <laughs> That's right, it does. Uh, we're talking about Sage of Hours. Oh, yeah. So, colorless blue, creature human wizard. It's a mythic, 1 1, a little under three bucks. Um, it does have heroic, which never matters in this <laughs> no, deck. But sir. whenever you cast a spell that targets Sage of Hours, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. But then the more important thing remove all plus one, plus one counters from Sage of Hours. For each five counters removed this way, take an extra turn after this one. The great thing about this card is unlike that, I think it's a bird, it's a, it's a blue creature that whenever it deals combat damage for the first time, you get to take an extra combat phase, but then he can't attack. Oh, metamorphic like Ageless? Like, there we go. So it's kind of, I, I like that they didn't put that type of mm -hmm. restriction on this, because it very well could say, uh, for each five counters removed this way, take an extra turn after this one. Uh, you cannot take any more, or this ability can only be activated once, or, or you know, something or to that effect. Or even better, and like, I, just now you hearing it read in your beautiful dialect, I will add, um, it, I realized that it was, it wasn't, if this card was fair-ish, it would say remove all 1-1 one, one counters from it. If five or more were removed, take an extra turn. Sure. that's that's That, that would be a little bit more fair. That's a trick. But the, the, the trick, though, is I don't even care if I remove five multiple times. <laughs> I like it because that extra turn, I get another combat. Azuri puts five more. I just remove yeah. those. Um, and the nice thing is that it's it's one of these infinite combos that it's very clear exactly what's going to happen. Right. It's just like, Hey, I'm just going to mill you guys out. Right. 
You guys, you guys okay? So we're good. We're so good. So those playing okay. the home game in the collective, if you see this card cast ever, it's not something where it's like, oh, it's just hanging out. Maybe I'll get there. No, it's destroying immediately. <laughs> this card, this card is cancer. You must cut it out as soon as as soon as officially as you can. Well, I think that's going to wrap up the spice package. Now we're going to head over to the bottle capping. And as a reminder, these are going to be big taxonized cuts and recommendations to deck that are under five, under fifty, and a no budget recommendation. We just can't talk about mana only lands. So I'll start this off. I am going to cut, and it's interesting because I've been cutting these more and more frequently, which I don't know if that means I'm a bad magic player or maybe I'm just realizing these are overrated cards. Okay. Uh, but I'm cutting swiftly. Yeah! <laughs> we can do it. We can do it. Uh, so two colorless artifact equipment. Uh, Equip creature has hexproof and haste. Equip one. Big Tuck, why don't you read that flavor text? Uh, I sure can. Not see it because he didn't wear his glasses. There is great wisdom in rushing headlong into combat if you're prepared. Ken Jack, Captain <laughs> of the Thousand Swords? Jesus. Uh, there, right? Sweet That's it, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. yeah sure, why not? All right. Nailed it. All right, so, yeah, basically, long story short, there is no critical one creature that this deck needs to protect. Your commander doesn't want to probably ever swing. Um, I guess it'd be good to have this effect to put on Azuri so people don't get rid of him immediately, but to, to just waste a slot in the deck for that is, a, is absolutely I agree with you, and I've been doing the same thing now that Lightning Greaves are at an affordable price, where if you have, if you have, if you have Swift Foot Boots in a deck just to protect your commander and your commander doesn't care about swinging or anything like that, or if you're not stacking equipment on top of your commander or anything to that tune, Lightning Greaves is all you need. And you get it now for a couple yeah. So yes, I'm 100% on board. So I am cutting it for a card that is a human, so it would fit my human tribal wow, theme. Wow, wow. Oh, this kind of is like a human tribal deck. Interesting, interesting. Um, and it gives me somewhat of an interaction with graveyards. I think Stitcher Garolf would oh, actually be okay. really good in this deck. So this is three colorless blue, blue, legendary creature, human wizard. It's a mythic. It's a three, yeah. four, two colorless blue tap. Each player puts the top three cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. Exile up to two creature cards put into graveyards this way. Put an XX blue zombie creature token onto the battlefield where X is the total power of the cards exiled this way. Um, I don't really have ways to interact with graveyards in the deck. Right. This still gives me somewhat of a semblance of mill. To Big Tuck's point earlier, Scroll Rack put three advisors on top. I just drew three more. Well, I really don't care. Right. I, I need to get them out of there. Self mill. It gets my opponents as well. Um, I think it does a lot. Now, if this was in the deck, I'd probably put this as a spice card because there's not really any type of cool rigmarole to do with it. But I think this over Swift Foot Boots is just a, a funner card to Totally play. agree with you on that board. And also this plays into Intruder Alarm because when it creates that thing, it untaps itself. So you yeah. gotta go again. And if you're running out of mill or if you just need creatures on the board to defend yourself with, that plays very nicely. Same thing in with same thing in. That's actually a great. That's a great same idea. Same thing with same same thing with Seedborn Muse, where you have something to do on everyone's turn. Start zapping them there. Build yeah. up your attackers of the mill strategy, or you can't get to one of your other rigmaroles. I, I think this card. I think this card is deceptively really good in this deck. 
Like huh. really good. <laughs> you just made me. You just made me want to move this to a hops card. To be honest, I think it, I think it could be. I absolutely think it could. I be. think you just talked me yeah. into it. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, what is your first under five dollar ad? And what card are you going to cut? I'm for also. It? I'm also cutting Swiftfoot boots. I'll make it easy. Same thing. Yep. Don't need it in the deck. So we talked about this card, and I'm still surprised why it's not in here. So I'm going to put in Tomio Collector of Tales. How do you not have this in here? Uh, as soon as it got spoiled, you're like, this is going right in my petitioner's deck. So, <laughs> did I say yes? that? <laughs> two colorless, two, two colorless uh, green and a blue. You can get it for 75 cents, but there is an expensive version for just over $5 if you want it. Um, it's legendary Planeswalker Tamio. It's a rare, comes in with five loyalty. Spells and abilities your opponents control can't cost you to discard cards or sacrifice permanence. Pretty good on its thing. Plus one, choose a choose a non-land card name, then reveal the top car, top four cards of your library. Put all cards with the chosen name from among them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Minus three, return target card from your graveyard to your hand. So, there's two things that this deck falls into, which is common Mr. Combo Traps. Number one, very few ways to card, to card draw. Pretty typical. Yeah. Second off, if I remember correctly, non-existence graveyard recursion. <laughs> no way to get something yeah. back. So the fact that this will draw you cards into your petitioners, which we've all which we've kind of agreed you need to you need to work, right? You need those petitioners yeah. for the deck to work. Plus it, plus it, plus it, and then every once in a while, kind of what we talked about, like the hallmark of a good planeswalker is being able to plus it and then minus it for value. Now you can get back your Beastmaster's Ascension, your Champion of Limehole, your Phage Sables if someone just murdered it because they're an idiot because yeah. they wouldn't murder in their decks. A booge. Uh, seems like it does. Seems like it does a lot for four mana. I'm not gonna lie, I forgot this card existed. Uh, <laughs> you were so, was, so. I don't know if we were on the Discord yet or if we, were, if we were just like messaging people in Facebook. The second this card got spoiled, you posted it, be like, "Dibs, if you find a copy, get it. It's going in petitioners." <laughs> Yeah, totally forgot about it. Uh, literally everything you said, I have nothing I can disagree with. The only thing that would suck so much <laughs> is that if I plus one and I just bend like my four <laughs> yeah. cons or I, four I, like I, spicy I, I, cards. Ensure alarm champion. Uh, <laughs> <throwing stuff. laughs> You're like, well, triumph yeah, of the hordes. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> but it just seems like, especially if you can if you compare it to Swiftfoot Boots, a little more mana, but your curve is so low in this deck, anyways. You're not yeah. missing anything out with that. And this also pairs very well with Scroll yes. Rack. Exactly. So, you know, if I have four petitioners in hand, let me draw four, put those there, plus one, get draw those four, four back. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. I like it. Good. All right. Under fifty. I'm keeping on the train. Cutting lightning greaves. Oh, okay. All right. Sure. Yeah, I, I just I just think and, and then now this is to the point that I've said multiple times. If you literally just have one of a card in your EDH deck, get it out. Like honestly, Soul Ring, I'm halfway tempted to take out of the deck as well. Because only having one mana cool. rock, what the hell am I doing? I'd rather put a mana dork in. You know, something that produces some colors, maybe incubation druid. Mm. Something like that would probably just be a better choice than Soul Ring. But Regardless, Lightning Greaves, two colorless artifact equipment, and this isn't even the FNM promo, so I'm going to de-bling the deck. Uh -oh. uh -huh. it, equip creature has Shroud and Haste, equip for zero. After Lightning struck the cliffs, the ore became iron, the iron became steel, and the steel became Greaves, the Lightning never left. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. It's, it's like great that. flavor text. 
So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Do you want to make any other comments on why I'm cutting it? I mean, do you disagree? I always, if you have a deck that matters with your commander, I always like to keep a Lightning Greaves or Swiftfoot in, depending on your budget and what cards you have lying around. That being said, this deck doesn't live with its commander, live and die with its commander, so it, it makes sense. So the card I'm going to add is a card from Jumpstart. It is also a human oh, advisor. God, you're doing this one? <laughs> and uh, yes, but I will not be paying $45 for this card. I'm going to wait for it to drop. Bruvok, the Grand Eloquent. Uh, basically, they printed this and said, hey, you want to build Persistent Partitioners? Here, here's here your you commander. Uh, two colorless blue, legendary creature, human advisor, mythic. It's a 1-4. And it's, quote, and furthermore. So good. <laughs> And that's the, and that's in the quote. Um, <laughs> if an opponent would mill one or more cards, they mill twice that many cards instead to mill a card. The player puts the top card of their library into their graveyard. Obviously, this is a slam dunk yeah, for this so deck good. because then then even the pay a colorless tap target player mills what's it one card two cards? Let me hop back over two cards one, one card. card yeah. So even that just turns into two cards or tapping four, they mill 24 cards or we didn't even get to it. Traumatize. I think they lose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if, if it's an even number, they just lose the game. Um, so it does a lot. And I, once again, is lightning greaves and swift boots? Are these good cards? Yes. But adding in these other cards that are a little bit more fun, a little bit more interactive, and they're going to do more for me. It just seems like a better. I feeling. agree. I knew, I knew you were going to choose this one. So I intentionally didn't, but yes, this is a hundred percent. No questions asked. Slam dunk in the stack, like easy to cut. You can cut yeah. almost anything that's superfluous. Like arguably you can cut a partitioner and then you still have your advisor for it. Oh, if you yeah. wanted to. So, yeah, like there's not a whole lot to be said. It's insane. It will not be forty one dollars for forever. Wait it out. <laughs> right. Yep. hundred percent. I think probably when it gets down to 20, I think 20 will probably be the sweet yeah. spot because Mill is so popular yeah. now. I think he's still going to be in high demand. We just have to wait for more mystery or uh, more jump yeah, starts. To totally come out. All right. What's your under 50? Right, so I'm going to cut Master Biomancer. What? I like this card. So again, like I think that you, I think that this card's interesting. And the other one I'm gonna cut. You're, I'm cutting for similar reasons. So Master Biomancer is two colorless, uh, green blue for a two four elf wizard. It's a mythic. Mythic. Each other creature you control enters the battlefield with a number of additional 1-1 counters on it equal to Master Biomance's power and is a mutant addition to its other types. Nature is a wonderful engineer, but works for far too slowly for my taste. So, again, the, the times where you actually go into the red zone with your army in this deck are fairly few and far in between, right? So, the counters on it don't really matter outside of a handful of other cards that you have, right? So, the other two in the spice package, mostly. And I think that there's... I think that if this card wants to focus on the middle aspect of things, there's other cards that would help you get to that point as opposed to having this like backup combat sub theme. Cause you already have the champion of lamb holds. These are the ones in here as well. Yeah. I don't know, man. It, it's cause it's like, okay. So if I get rid of master biomancer, yeah. then it kind of feels like maybe I don't need champion of lamb bolt because, you know, Azuri puts counters on Master Biomancer, Champion Lambolt comes out, automatically gets all those counters, and then possibly put more on there. It's just, the reason I have it in the Spice is, once again, if it has to revolve around Azuri, it's you gotta take it or leave it sure. type thing. I'll be interested to see what you add for it, but yeah, to cut it, 
It's going to have to be a very compelling I think card. Champion Landfall is better because you're going to be casting a bunch of low-cost creatures and Champion gets bigger, which helps your other creatures as well, whereas Master Biomancer just makes them bigger because of no evasion. So that's my argument for keeping Landfall in versus Biomancer. Okay. However, this one's hot off the presses from Zendikar Rising. We are talking about your, your oh. old pal. I knew you were going to choose one of the mill cards that came out recently, so I, just, I luckily got the other one. Maddening Cacophony. Colorless in a blue for a sorcery with kicker three. Each opponent mills eight cards, which is a very good value for two. And this spell was kicked and said each opponent mills half their library rounded up. Completely bonkers. If you're going on the mill thing, you can pay the same amount for Traumatize, which we talked about some other time that I don't remember. And you get to mill every... Today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get to mill everyone for the half their library. So if I'm building, I want to build this deck to where it's a little bit more, less focused on the combat and more focused on the mill. And this card is a slam dunk to do that strategy. I like the card. Uh, I did not choose it because I figured you would hey. choose it. So, um, yeah, it, it needs to find a home in the deck. I, I agree sure. with that. Do I agree that Master Biomancer is the right cut? I don't know. I'm, I might have to take a a deeper look into some of these other fringe cards. Yeah. Um, I, and I could tell you the next card that I'm going to cut, I would probably do it for the Maddening Cacophony because I don't think I'm going to buy the Bruvok or my personal recommendation card because they're a little sure. pricey. Um, so, yeah, I I have no arguments for getting the card in the deck. It's just where, where, which card yeah, do I sure. cut it for? All right, well, yeah. so what's your last one? Because I got something that's a little interesting. Yeah, I do too. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to cut right of replication. That was on the list for me, for sure. So two colorless blue, blue sorcery. It's a rare from Zendikar, $4.60. Kicker five. Put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of target creature. If it's if it was kicked, put five of those tokens onto the battlefield instead. So when I built the deck, it was like, oh, cute. A way to get five more petitioners right. for nine mana, which is actually even more. That's a one mana discount from the normal cost. Straight up, yeah. Yes. Right. Uh, it's cute, but I don't think the deck needs more partitioners. I think I'd need more ways to either have them function better, have them interact with sure. the board, or other alternate win cons. So, I came up with this card that gives me some modality. Okay. Grindstone. Oh, interesting. Okay. One colorless artifact from Tempest. Three tap. Put the top two cards of target player's library into that player's graveyard. If both cards share at least one color, repeat this process. Uh, the card's coming in between 17 and 20 bucks. So there's two different ways I can do use this card. One, I can do it to an opponent. Obviously, that's the generic one. You know, just like your Sphinx's tutelage, probably want to pick the person right, playing right, one right. or two colors. Uh, but it does just have to share a color. So even a three color deck, you may get lucky and it could be an Orzov card and a, Gol or a um, Golgari card. Sure. Yeah, I'm giving random colors. But here's the other interesting thing for this. I do have a Laboratory Maniac in the deck because I feel like when you do mill, you need a backup mm -hmm. win con to mill yourself and win. Grindstoning myself Is would not actually idea. probably get me there <laughs> yeah. because you already talked about it. I only have 18 green symbols in the deck, and I got 58 blue right. symbols. Most likely, I'm going to be hitting a blue card 
very, Correct. very right. often. Um, now, granted, is it going to be exactly those two? I don't know, but that's where your top and your scroll rack and stuff Absolutely. like that can kind yeah. of come into your play. So that, that's kind of my dark horse. Yeah. It can maybe be bad for an opponent, be good, be uh, good for me. It kind of goes both ways, but um, yeah. I, I agree on all things, and I'm even more excited because there is a gold bordered version of this that you can get. Oh my so god! So you're playing right into my trap. Not happening. <laughs> All right. Well, what are you doing? So what are you this is what are you adding? This is a card that I think is in too many decks for the wrong reason. I'm going to cut coat of arms. Oh, <gasps> it's way too risky. Five colorless for an artifact. It's a rare for about $8. Each creature gets plus one, plus one for each other creature on the battlefield that shares a type that shares at least one creature type with it. Um, so, uh, a banner for bonds of blood or belief. Sure. There is way too many tribes and too many decks that have tribe sub themes for a deck where you're not going to be living in the red zone for this card to be in, in my humble opinion. Vampire okay. decks, goblin decks. Why do you always go to the vampire the decks? What Dargon, do they do to Dargon you? decks, <laughs> elemental decks, whatever the case may be, right? So Yeah, I'm not really worried about Dargons. There's usually only like three Dargons point. on the battlefield. But there's too there's too many there's too many tribal decks where it's too much. It's too there's too many options. And it's terrifying. So this is a card that you did own at one point in your life, and that you, in my opinion, should have held on to, but you disagreed with me. We found this when we were when uh, we were digging through it. Aloran. Yep. Two colorless, two green for an enchantment on the reserve list. Any player may cast creature spells with converted mana cost three or less without paying their mana cost and as though they had flash. It's about $55 pushing it up. And check this out. I think, I think I got it for like 40. I think I sold it for 45. But you could have kept it. 50 ish. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm saying you should, I think you should have kept it. Hold on to this. So mostly because of the flavor text. Squee, bounce up and down. I see a horsey and a piggy, and uh, if you don't shut up, hiss Miri, a cat, you'll see a kidney and a spleeny. Pretty good. So here's my thing. <laughs> that was really confusing, by the way, because you said squee, bounce up and down. I was like, am I supposed to... Am I supposed to move? I'm making. I'm in your. I'm in your brain, Squee. So I don't even see Squee in the artwork. No, he's not in it. The artwork's also horrible. Um, but that's fine. It's way too busy. So here's my thing, right? The reason why this is, in my opinion, better than Coat of Arms is because a lot of these same decks that we just talked about that would benefit from Coat of Arms, even if you look at like Gorblins, they all benefit from having like mass tokens with coat of arms right and a lot of them a la vampires dargons and even um goblins a lot of the ways they generate their things cost way more than three right dargons are expensive vampires are expensive goblins there's a lot of spells that create goblins but there's not a ton of like backbreaking goblin spells that cost three or under so the fact that this gives you the ability to cast advisors at instant speed and cast them for free is going to put you way ahead of anyone else. Especially if we talk about having a handful of partitioners and just being able to wait till the end of turn when everyone else is tapping out, dump them out, tap them all in mill, and then you're off to the races again. So here's the thing. You think Coat of Arms is risky. This is way riskier it's, than Coat of it's Arms. Ris it's way, way riskier. It's way riskier. But again, as we talked about in our playgroup, people aren't playing people are playing tribes, but they're playing big, dumb creature tribes. 
I don't know. Because, I mean, the fact that, like, boom. Man, I just thought Reclamation Sage. Now you can play that at sure. instant speed, maybe blow up my Simic Ascendancy. Um, that's the reason I got rid of the card. I, I feel like Alluren is a win-now card. You play it, you have to win that that's a turn. Fair point. And you have to have... And you have to have ways to interact with your opponents or make it to where they can't do sure. stuff on your turn. Uh, unlike Coat of Arms, it is also a win now card, but it's I play it, I swing, I win now. Um, so that, that's that's my only my only gripe with it. If it just said any player may cast a creature's card with uh, total casting cost, three or less, whenever uh, he or she can play a sorcery without paying oh, its mana sure. cost, then I would be fine. I think that's still a risky card, but I think it has the same inherent risk as Coat of Arms to where, well, I play it on my turn, I'll have to see what you guys do on your turns. But the fact that they get to play it for free right. and at instant speed, I have, maybe someone else has a Zendikar Resurgent out. Oh, thank you, I'm just gonna draw out my deck. I'm saying, uh, you someone could be playing a Chulane the deck. Risk, the oh, risk man. and reward for Lurin, for me, in this deck, is a much better gamble to run on than Coat of Arms. Because I've been burned by Coat of Arms before, people think it's a great tribal card, and I'm telling you, it's, it's, not, it's not as hot as people think that it is. Well, let me tell you what it is hot. The fact that we're at the end of the episode, and as promised, here's some details about our giveaway from our sponsor, Level 1 Game Shop. We are going to be giving away a Zendikar Rising Fat Pack to enter. It's extremely simple. Just promote the content we produce. You get an entry for every interaction you do with us on social media. We will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News October 6th and social media soon after. And yes, we're doing these giveaways each month. It just depends on whatever Level 1 Game Shop can hook us up with. But one thing that we do love is see those sweet, sweet comments. Not too sweet, just sweet, sweet. Um, on whatever consumption platform you're watching or listening to us on, uh, whether it's five-star reviews, little little tidbits, limericks, maybe. Hey, maybe you could tell uh, Big Tuck that a Lauren is too scary of a card. Whatever <laughs> it, it is, please leave it out there. We do love to see it. If you'd like to reach out to us and also find out more ways you can enter into the contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Commodore 5 on Twitter. I'll spell that except for the five. Big Tuck, where can they uh, reach you by apparently playing at instant speed and playing crap for free? Uh, I've actually been on Twitter. I've been enjoying the interaction more, so you can find me on there at Big Tuck tweeting on the tweeters. Uh, you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. You can go to our website, cmdtower.com. Basically, all you got to type in is Champion of Lamble, Memory Erosion, Dramatic reversal tower.com. Boom. Squee. If people want to get a hold of you in that Manolith commentary, how would they do that? Oh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records or now, especially now, get at me at Dear Squee at CMD Tower.com. Oh, yeah. Ask me a question. Articles are out. We've started. We're going to be doing them weekly on Wednesday. So send in those questions. Chuck the slice. Had a great question on the first one. Go to the website, peep it. Tell me what you think. Uh, if you want me to talk about Manolith, eh, just ask me a question about it. I'll rail on that for like three to four pages. Let's go. Uh, other than that, you can find me at Deer Squee on Twitter. Um, ask me anything you got. Yeah, maybe hit up Squee to let them know that they just printed a better oh Manolith, gosh, so like there's no reason better. to now run Manolith. Oh, believe me, I've been, uh, been told that there are better Manoliths out there to a <laughs> numerous degree. <laughs> Uh, he can handle all your audio recording needs and editing, and does have a full studio. If you ever do come to the KC metro area, mask required, jockstrap optional. Mm. That makes me uncomfortable. 
If you'd like to support our sponsor and let them know that you really appreciate these monthly giveaways, head over to level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower so they know that you came from The Collective. Um, they do have their own TCG store. They do have their own storefront. For whatever you need, board game, tabletop experience, go hook them up. If you would actually like to help us out with a little cha-ching, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash CMD Tower. We have some different reward tiers, and you get that Discord access. You get the guest shout out. Uh, but we are getting closer and closer to our 50 Woo! patron goal to where we will start to have you, the collective, on Brews and Builds once a month. So please keep infecting those that you love, people that you hate, and people that you're indifferent <laughs> with. We need more for us. Plus, you do get additional entries into the monthly giveaways for all the tiers that uh, you would be a part of. If you can't help us out from a consistent monthly perspective, uh, but you would like to pick up some of our sweet swag, head over to cmdtower.com slash merch. Uh, we have all the different merchandising on there. I don't know if we've even figured out the shipping yet, so shipping's still only $3. Um, and uh, we still have it out there for the first 10 people that uh, order. Uh, we're going to go ahead and throw a little something extra in your package. But you can pick up our playmat, our sleeves, all of our reminder stuff, uh, you know, all the, all the cool things. And even we'll get to a point where maybe we'll have Squee commissioned artwork Ooh. on there. Ooh, or even community oh, commissioned there's artwork. A lot of, there, there's a lot of artists. I folks like that. Give, give you guys, you know, s s sell whatever you guys uh, have on there and give you guys a slice of the pie. Ooh. And of course, thank you again to Pink Royal for the music provided. So, Big Tuck, you were so hyped for this. You really wanted to do it earlier than yes. we did. But Azuri calls for order. It's completed. This completed our yes. tribal month. How do you I feel? Think it, I think we went out on a bang, to be honest with you. This is one of the decks of yours that I like the most. I wish you played it more often. Um, and it's also like one of the so it's also one of the decks that you play where it's like we're gonna do play chase or something weird or you know uh, there's one that we always do it when we do like kingdoms back when we used to play RRL this would always come out and yes. it's incredible so I I like this deck a lot like I know it's I can understand why you don't like it because the win percentage to play this deck is pretty low <laughs> so that makes sense but it I think I've won it's, a it's game very with fun it. I think it's I think it's a really interesting build especially for like a simic deck. I think there's a lot of interesting things that you did with it. Yeah, you know, I I, I think our I disagree with some of your ads and cuts. What else but is I think you've also given some reminding me that I actually like this Tamio card. Um, you know, I'm I'm definitely interested to do some swaps. I mean, kind of looking at the cards, I think I have one two might have two or three. Nice of the cards that we've talked about in the bottle capping that I can add to the deck. So that may be sliding that in tonight. Ooh. Well, that wraps up ladies and petitioners. Good night. Bye.